The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the Town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Community Conversations. I'm your host, Roger Colton. One problem that seems to have plagued Belmont from time immemorial involves how automobiles queue up at the Belmont Public Schools at drop-off and pickup time. It doesn't make any difference which school you're at, from the Butler to the Winbrook, at the Wellington, at the Chenery. Many people who wait in those cars sit in their cars and leave their cars idling as they wait. Belmont's Safe Routes to School Committee believes that that is not only environmentally damaging, but that it is unsafe for the kids as well. I have with me today two members of the Safe Routes to School Committee, Erica Roberts and Ji Yoon Wong. We're going to talk about the anti-idling efforts that they promote. Erica, Ji, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Uh, uh, let's start out and uh, talk about the law of anti-idling first because when people wait in their cars and leave them running that's just against the law right it is it, it differs state to state in massachusetts we have an anti-idling law that's pretty specific about the time that you can idle unnecessarily there are times that obviously you do have to idle necessarily you're waiting at a stoplight for it to change you're stuck in traffic but unnecessary idling is against the law, and it's even more stringent in Massachusetts if you're in a school zone. So the state law says that you uh, may not idle for more than five minutes unnecessarily. But if you are 100 feet from any school, including its playgrounds, its athletic fields, its tennis courts, you may not idle at all unnecessarily. And what do you say then to people who say, well, come on, folks, it is 30 degrees outside. Uh, what do you expect me to do? Preparation is an important thing. A lot of us are from New England, and we know that we're going to have extreme cold and extreme hot in a year. And you have to prepare. Uh, for folks that it's in cold weather, make sure you have coats and blankets in the car if you think you're going to be waiting for an extended period of time. But also remember that the cars that we drive now are not our grandparents' cars. They retain the heat after you've warmed up for much longer than when you were. You could probably stay in for their five minutes before you'd notice. And same with the air conditioning. It will retain that as well. Uh, so I would say definitely be prepared. Um, look for shade. Think ahead. And be aware that your car will warm up faster and cool up faster than your grandparents did. So there's really no reason to sit around and idle. It is important to be to be prepared. And you can think about how you would dress when you go outside um, to go for a walk. Um, just even that time to go into the car, just pre be prepared to be outside. And then when you're inside in your car and it starts to cool down, you already have a warm jacket. If you have a child, um, you can have blankets next to them that they can use as well. But having a car idling to heat up or cool down, it actually takes much longer. If you really do need to heat it up or cool it down, you can actually drive the car and they'll be much faster and also safer. Well, my impression is, uh, and I'll defer to your considerably greater expertise, but 
people think of the need to warm up a, a car, and you talked about how cars retain heat and cool, but they also warm up more quickly than they used to. Is that correct? It's absolutely true. The cars are designed now to start from a cold start. You don't need to idle to warm up your engine. They're designed for many starts and restarts over the course of the car's life. So you definitely can, if you think you're going to stop, a good rule of thumb for more than 10 seconds is turn your vehicle off and then start it back up when you're ready to drive. Uh, that's the way the, the cars were designed to operate now. You know, and people will say it's modern cars don't need to be uh, warmed up. Yet, in fact, cars made in the last 20 years, 25 years, you know, people have the misconception that in a cold day, they need to turn their engine on, leave it on for a minute or two, and then they can start driving the car. Yet, in fact, that is actually worse for the car. You can start the car and start driving right away. And I even saw a statement from Ford Motor Company. It said, if you're going to idle your car for more than 10 seconds, turn it off, and then when you're ready to go, start it back up because it's actually bad for your car to leave it idling. Okay, let's go back to the law uh, for a minute. Being a lawyer, perhaps, uh, I'm overly uh, interested in the law. But if the law says, thou shalt not idle, why isn't it simply a police function to enforce that? It's a good or, question. Or do the police they do. do the Please enforce it. They do. There, there are citations as well uh, within a school zone. If you are cited by the police for idling, the first offense is one hundred dollars, and the second and every subsequent offense is five hundred dollars. So it's not small change. Uh, I think that. There's oh, can I interrupt you there for a minute? That almost sounds though like it's overkill. That if it's one hundred and five hundred dollars, that that would make the police less likely to hand out tickets. I think I think you're right. And for all of us, including the Safe Routes to School Committee, I do think enforcement is one aspect that would help people be more aware that it is a law. However, we would much rather have everyone just on board with the common sense factor that for your own safety as a driver, um, for the health of your car, for the health of your neighborhood, and uh, the kids playing at the school, that it just makes sense. And it's such a simple thing to do. So I would rather not call the police on someone idling. I would rather introduce myself, make mention that this is something that we should all be practicing, remind them that it's the law. But yes, indeed, if you, especially if you have commercial vehicles or anything like that that are excessively idling as a neighbor, you are more than welcome to call the police. They welcome it, they understand it's the law, and they will send someone down to take a look. And is it easy as a, an individual, whether you're another parent or a neighbor, to tap on somebody's window and say, by the way, you should turn your car off? I, I could see where that could get awkward. I, that was the question behind the question. Very, very difficult. I, I can speak for myself, and I, I'm sure G's had similar experiences. It's been a mix. Um, everyone's in a rush. Everyone wants. No one's intending to do things wrong or hurtful, and so it's not fun to be called out by another parent in front of people just to kindly remind them that they need to shut their engine down when they're waiting. I've had the whole bag. I've had people say, oh my goodness, I had no idea. Do you know I idle my car in my driveway for 45 minutes every day just to warm up? Uh, I didn't know, and I've had people be fairly aggressive with me to mind my own business. So it's, it's going to take a lot of messaging and practice for us all and modeling for our kids and the next generation of drivers that this is what you do. You turn it off when you stop. 
Right. It is, um, I think, very important to have everyone learn about how it affects our health immediately in our immediate surroundings and our neighbors. I think that once we understand that, just as we now are so much more convinced about the importance of buckling up, most people buckle up not because it's the law, but because it's a, a safety issue for themselves and for their whole family. And so I think that's the biggest way of motivating when we le- learn that it will protect us when we reduce idling. Now, G, you're an MD, right? Yes. Do I remember that correctly? Yes. Can't, let's talk about the health impacts, because I think a lot of people think of idling as uh, an environmental protection, and it is. But the health impacts are, are a much bigger issue, it seems to me. Yes, and that to me was the thing that just really opened my eyes as I learned more and more about it. Um, we often think that when we see a car idling, when um, the fumes are coming out of the tailpipes, it'll just go up and dissipate. And, and visually, we see it sort of spreading, and then we don't see things anymore. Yet the fumes, the toxins that come out of the tailpipe, they're actually invisible. And they consist of carbon monoxide, uh, nitrogen oxides, VOCs, also known as volatile organic compounds, um, and also nanoparticles or microparticles that um, are so small and invisible. And these things, and, and Eric can, can talk more about it, they don't disappear. They, they pull, they hang out right around where the car is, and then uh, into its immediate neighborhood. So to your neighbor's house, to the play- playground, to the sidewalk, it, it's just hanging out right there. So um, just think about all the people walking past your car, um, being in their homes with the windows open, you being in the car, mm-hmm. and uh, the toxins going in. And these are toxins that we, again, most people know about carbon monoxide and the dangers of that. But uh, it also causes a worsening of asthma, allergies, heart and lung disease. Many of these are carcinogenic. Um, so these are scary things that we just don't want to be breathing in, especially for a child. There are a couple things that I want to follow up uh, with, and Erica, I I can come back to you too, uh, but I heard you say neighbors in there. So I've been saying safety to the kids all the time, but it's uh, if you live in a neighborhood close to a school, then you're going to be subject to the emissions from idling cars every day. Yeah, the cumulative effect is definitely there for people that live nearby anything like that, a parking lot or a school zone where there's a lot of pickup and drop off, for sure. And is being in the car, one of my initial inclinations is to say, well, sure, but I'm in the car. You know, my kids are, are in the car. We're safe as long as we stay in the car. It's such a scary misconception, Roger, because we see people do this all the time. They think that if they keep the car warm for the baby that's buckled in the back in the car seat and they're idling to keep the car warm, that they're doing good for their child. But um, I think Safe Roots to School and others would argue that it would be better for the child to be cooler without the engine running and not be exposed to the emissions that are coming out of the tailpipe because they do get into the vehicle. Right. Even if the doors are closed, the windows are uh, up, and you think there's nothing coming in, and you may not smell anything, it's going to leak in. It, and uh, because there are cracks there, it's it, all that, do, all the toxins do leak in. 
as well. If you have the car running, which is something that we see people doing,、um, then there's that intake, and so it's constantly the airflow. And so, a lot of studies have shown that the air quality inside the car is worse than outside the car. And so, you're doing it because you think you're protecting, for example, the baby that's sleeping in the car, and you don't want to wake the baby up, and you want to keep the baby warm. Yet, in fact, they're breathing in all that. Um, all the toxins. And I wanted to add to that, G, that the idling emissions are at a much higher concentration of these toxins than when you're actually driving your vehicle,、mm-hmm. which is important to know. An am- amazing fact that I, I read,、um, and this came from the Connecticut DEP: when your car is idling, it emits 20 times more toxins than when it's driving at 30 miles per hour. I, I couldn't believe that fact, but 20 times more. And why is that? It's not as efficient. The vehicles are designed、oh, to the, be running, and the engine isn't running as efficiently when it's idling. So it's using more gas. So it's also bad for the driver's wallet as well as their health. Of course. So if you're driving, the engine is burning the gas more completely, more efficiently, and therefore there are fewer toxins.、Correct. Whereas when you're idling, more of the fuel. I think this is what I just heard you say. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, correct.、Uh, uh, and when you're idling, you're simply not burning as Much of the gas,、uh, it's just inefficient, and so it, the cars are designed. That's why we have to do state emissions testing for your vehicle every year to、uh, to be under those certain levels. And when you're idling, they are much much higher. Let's talk about electric vehicles for a,、uh, a minute.、Uh, as you each know, I think that、uh, one thing I do in the town of Belmont is I chair the、uh, the town's energy committee, and we're promoting. Uh, the purchase of electric vehicles. Do you have concerns? And electric vehicles are emission-free.、Uh, do you have concerns about electric vehicles? We're excited for them to be in the mix, and I think it's <clears throat> this is a good conversation to have because not everyone may be able to afford or own a an electric vehicle right now. But turning off their engine is going to help when they're to stop idling to help with the cumulative effect that we have in the town with the <clears throat> with the energy.、Uh, sorry, with the electric vehicles, I definitely know that people are concerned how quiet they are and it, and、uh, for the children's safety to know when they can pass them. With the emissions, since they don't have any in the direct location, if they're idling at a playground, yes, they would not have emissions coming out to the playground. However, the motor vehicle law still stands that you're not supposed to leave a vehicle unattended. So <clears throat> that would be one thing I'd make sure that electric vehicle owners knew is you still can't idle and leave your vehicle alone. And it might be confusing to pedestrians and cyclists to see an operating vehicle. Even if there's no emissions, is this a safe time to pass to cross with the lights on? So I would still encourage for practice to just turn off the vehicle. But you are correct that they would not be polluting into the direct environment there. Right for、um, electric vehicles,、uh, the emission would not be the concern. The concern would be more the safety component of a pedestrian, whether an adult or a child. When you're trying to cross、um, and you see a、uh, car in the driveway and it's on. It's confusing. Should I cross or should I wait? And、um, if you're an adult, sometimes you you have other cues. You may see the person in the car, and and you see the car, person in the car waving, and then you will cross. But for a child, you know, it, it takes an, another level of learning to try to figure out what to do. And so,、um, for the safety of all pedestrians and, and bikers, it's better to turn off your not if you're not planning to go right away.、Um, to、uh, continue though with that line of thought, though, you know. 
people may also think, well, I have a low emissions car, <laughs> or I have a, it's not an electric car, but you'll say something about low emissions. So it's okay to, for my car to idle, isn't it? And to me, I think of an era where people smoked a lot, and some people will start um, and, and start smoking a, a light cigarette and say, oh, this is better for me now, isn't it? But it's still, you're creating the emissions, whether it may be a little bit better, not as bad as the car next to you, but you're still creating those emissions. So better to just turn off. And such a simple, but so effective. Something that that you said strikes me, that it, we all have our, our own little routines when we get into the car. I mean, hopefully we all have these, but you get into the car, you pull your seatbelt uh, uh, or your shoulder harness over, you buckle uh, your harness, and then you go. And starting the car is one uh, one part of that routine. Uh, tell me if I'm just making this up. No, I think but you're right on on the mark here. And we used to, we were taught when we did driver's ed that you buckle up, you check your mirrors. There's a routine that you should do. Sure. Look behind you. Now I think we're noticing a lot of pairing, especially with cell phones, that's increasing this time that we've sat in the car to get started, but we haven't left yet, and so we've been idling. So a lot of people we're seeing get in their vehicle, buckle up, turn on the car, and then, oh, let me send the last couple text messages because I'm not supposed to text while I drive. Oh, let me pull up the, uh, you know, what name your app for navigation and set that going, and now I'll find some music to play or put the video on for the kids in the back. And now you've been sitting in your driveway for three minutes uh, idling when I'm really trying for myself now to practice doing all those things. And then the last thing I do is turn the car on before I leave. And we definitely see it um, on the opposite end too, when people drive into their driveway or park to wait for their kids to come out of school, their routine might be to park and then check their phone or some or make a oh, phone call and, and they're and they're checking, you know, a social media, but they haven't powered down yet. And it, I think there's a, a big link to that. Just and I think it's just kind of mindless. It's not intentional, but it's not innocuous. We need to turn off the car. Well, and I was actually thinking uh, from the opposite direction in that the you're sitting there with your car idling and the kids jump in the car and you throw it into gear and go. So there's not the interim step to force you to think for even if just a fraction of a second and to look around. It's the turning the car on slows down the process and lets you look around. For other safety issues, absolutely. Right. I totally agree. And I think a lot of the schools in Belmont do not have what you would formally call a rolling drop-off, which I think is a bit what you're referring to, where the cars queue up, they're running, and the kids come in and out with the driver staying in the seat, and the, it's supervised by someone at the school. Uh, <clears throat> I know at least the school that, that my children go to, there is no rolling drop-off. There is designated drop-off uh, parking. So you come and you are supposed to turn your vehicle off and uh, and then go. So there's a little confusion there where it says drop off area. People might leave their car running thinking the kids are just going to hop in, but technically it's not rolling drop off at most well, at most um, of the Belmont schools and you should turn off your vehicle even if the kids are right there. Now is there an anti-idling campaign in Belmont? I'd like to think we're, <laughs> we're working. We, we are part okay. of that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I, I do want to also add um, people think of the time frame of turning on the car, doing all the things that we just talked about, and then go going as an innocuous amount of time, a minute, two minutes, 
not a big deal. Sure. And yet, actually, they are cumulative. And a minute actually is a significant amount of car time idling. So a minute is equivalent to three packs of cigarettes and the amount of carbon monoxide that is produced. So, uh, I'd like and then to if s- you multiply at the risk of mm-hmm. uh, yes, if you multiply that times all the cars, yes. Yeah. So I'd like to um, go ahead. Uh, share about one study that I saw that I thought was very similar to our situation here in Belmont. So um, they were noticing that uh, in their schools, uh, 30 cars uh, on average will idle for about seven minutes um, during pickup time. And in fact, actually, when we were walking around our school and we did a count, um, there were 32 cars that day. <laughs> and so if you have 32, thir- so let's sit lower um rounded to 30 cars, and they're idling for seven minutes. And each minute for each car is three packs of cigarettes. You multiply that up, it's hundreds and hundreds of packs of cigarettes that you are creating that much carbon monoxide right in your environment. And then again, we're mentioning how it doesn't fly away. It, it will pull, it will hover around your playground, around the school, around your neighborhood. And most parents will, if they see a single person smoking one cigarette in someone's playground, they will jump on that person and say, please stop. I, I was going to say, if, if there were parents standing outside of schools smoking hundreds of packs of cigarettes every day, people would go nuts. Yes. Uh, that, that's a term of art, right? Or if right? the emissions were visible. I feel like if the emissions were visible and you could see the plumes and the downdraft and the pooling that happens, depending on the weather and the terrain around wherever you're parked, I think it would be, you'd be much more mindful of it. And, uh, sorry. Go ahead. And, it, 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 and, and in some ways, on a hot day, it is visible. Or if you ever look at photographs of major cities, um, you will see that haze hovering over the city. And, and that's what we're talking about. But thankfully, it's at a lower level here, but still not at all at a level that we want on a daily basis where we sleep and eat and, and work and play. Now, I, I'd like to change uh, directions for a little minute, uh, for a little bit. Um, this seems to be a, a health problem, a, a safety problem, an environmental problem. Is it a school problem? Do, do the Belmont Public Schools have a, a role? Uh, have they taken a role uh, in addressing the problems? I think they've been very supportive. I think like anything, it's education and, and, and a bit of enforcement is the part that's harder. We can get the message out, but every year we have to have the message again for the incoming kindergarten families that maybe didn't get it last year. Uh, You've got grandparents and nannies and neighbors driving your children. You have to keep passing that on that maybe the newsletter from the principal of your school came through saying, don't forget there's no idling in school zones in Massachusetts, but you have to pass that on to the drivers in your family. Um, I'm even going so far as I did with the texting thing to tell my children at a young age, if you see mommy grab her phone while she's driving or anyone, just mentioned, I don't think we're supposed to have phones, right? And I've said the same thing about idling. I said, if you notice you're in a vehicle and it's been sitting for a while, you can say, I'm warm enough. You can turn the car off just to help from that age up uh, to educate. But I do think that Safe Routes to School is working with each of the individual schools. Uh, it was surprising to me when I when I joined G on this committee that some of the schools seemed to be, the elementary schools seemed to be pretty far ahead in 
messaging and to the parents in terms of emails and flyers on idling and other safety things and other of the elementary schools were not so we weren't on a consistent page some schools are playing a bit of catch-up but they I think all of the teachers have the children's um, health and safety in mind and so they've been very supportive as well as the principals right and if you think about how um, on cool on warmer days windows are open um, at the schools um, as well as uh, there's also uh, venting in um, the air intake. In, uh, yes, the air intake. So you're not safe once you enter the door. Um, if there, um, if you have a lot of the toxins and the fumes around the school, and so you know, it's it's we as parents, we'd want to do everything possible to protect. Um, and I think just a lot of it has to be about educating people, saying this is not something that is safe for anyone. This is easier than recycling, as we talked about. This Ah, is pushing a button or turning a key. You should feel good about yourself at the end of the day. I just shaved five minutes off my idling time today with no skin off your own back. It is one of the, I think, the simplest ways of helping the environment. Easier than recycling. Easier than buying an electric car. Easier than um, uh, composting and all these other things that we try to do. Simply to turn your car off. Right. Yes. Immediate local benefit. More than 10 seconds and turn it off. Turn it off. If... Is that what I heard? Yes. If you're sitting more than 10 seconds, turn it off. Right. And that's also um, supported by the the motor vehicle, the the makers, the motor vehicles, automotive industry, just based on the wear and tear on the parts is higher if you're idling than if you're operating your vehicle. But I've noticed because I've been practicing, you're dropping off a friend at their house. You want to see that they got in the door safely. Oh, I'm going to turn off my car and wait and and then put it back on. See, they got in. The babysitter picking them up. I've just, there's times I realized that I was doing it too, not just at school. And it's really eye-opening. Yeah, the, the 10 seconds rule, it, it's because um, the, it takes more energy for your car to run the car and idle for 10 seconds or more than the car to be turned off than to restart. And so that's where the 10 seconds come from. But certainly... As soon as you've pulled up, turn the car off right away. And, and something you just said, I don't remember which one of you, I'm sorry, but uh, it, it strikes me that even today I've had perhaps a misperception because I always think of the safety and health issues as involving the elementary schools, but there's no reason that this is less of an issue at the Chenery or the high school than it is at the Wellington or the Burbank or the the Butler or the Winbrook. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. The Massachusetts law, the state law, does not just say elementary schools. It is all schools. This includes preschools, private, public, Head Start facilities, any school. And as G mentioned at the beginning, school zone is widely defined, even if the adjacent property is not owned by the school, but it's a playground or an athletic field that's adjacent. That's all part of the school zone. So Try to practice this at the preschool drop-off and the elementary school and the high school. Uh, it's, it's for everyone across the entire state. Right. To, re- to reiterate, um, the law says that if you're 100 feet from any of these education facilities, you may not idle unnecessarily at all. Yeah. At all. Um, but the whole state, in any location, you're not allowed to idle necessarily for more than five minutes. And there are uh, idling laws in dozens of states around the country. Uh, and that's because it's not just about a kid's health. Certainly, the kids breathe more pound per pound, so it will affect them more. But anyone, this is not good for them, and especially for seniors, especially for people who have uh, respiratory issues. But 
um, even if you are a healthy person going out for a jog and you're breathing in all that at a much faster rate, it's not good for anyone. So um, yes, it, that, that uh, uh, law about not idling at all does apply right around the school, but uh, good safety uh, practice not to idle wherever you are. Whether you're at Star Market or exactly. no matter. Well, I would like to end. We're, we're running a little short of time, but I'd like to give each of you an opportunity to it, it, it have the ability to speak directly to our listeners. If you could summarize your concerns about idling in 15 seconds or in a, a couple of sentences. Let's start with you, Erica, and then, then go to G. Sure. I, I think we're just reiterating what we've said before, which is I feel really strongly that this is a very simple thing that you should feel so good about doing for yourself, for your vehicle that you've invested a lot of money in, and for your children in the town that we care so much about, that you're going to have immediate benefit from it here. So um, pat yourself on the back and turn off your vehicle. Yes. And when you idle, it doesn't just affect the world, but it affects your immediate environment. Um, people in your car, yourself, the people right around your car and your neighborhood. So it's not just about global environment, which of course it does, but our local environment. Great. Thank you. Erica, G. it's been great fun today. We uh, are out of time. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, be here. We have been speaking with Erica Roberts and G. Yoon Wong, uh, who both volunteer with Belmont's Safe Routes to School Committee. You've been listening to Community Conversations. You can stream Community Conversations online at the BMC Podcast Network at belmontmedia.org. And you can also find Community Conversations on iTunes by searching for the BMC Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in this week. I'm your Community Conversations host, Roger Colton. I will talk with you again next time.